Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor, Aaron Begley, is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. It's a wonderful time of the year, and we are enjoying jumping into the Christmas story here at Victory Hill Church. Um, I do want to just remind you, next Sunday, we have a special service plan, and uh, I want to encourage you to invite some friends, to invite some family to join you next Sunday. Uh, We're going to have a lot of special Christmas music. We're going to be doing some candlelight and carols. Uh, We're going to have hot chocolate out in the foyer, picture booths out there, um, stuff for the kids, and it's just going to be an incredible day next Sunday. And so we like to say around here, connect to people, invite others to be a part of the journey. So invite somebody out next Sunday as we continue to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And then let me just from the bottom of my heart, I know Chris just mentioned a few minutes, let me say thank you for all that you have done for Celebration of Hope. The generosity of this church um, absolutely amazes me. And there's so many things that are happening and that have already started. We were able to um, send funds to a ministry in Pakistan and uh, they are in the process of buying toys and food and hats and gloves uh, for kids in Pakistan. Next Saturday, we're We're going to be down at Connection West, and we're going to be loving on people in our community, um, our kinship families from the gifts that you brought in. We're going to bring them in and and just be able to share the love and the hope of Jesus Christ Um, starting at 9 o'clock next Sunday morning. We have something that takes place every Saturday. It's called Saturday Outreach, and it's just a way to love people in our community. We provide a meal, um, great conversation with people, and uh, and we're going to be doing a special Christmas party for them. We're going to be handing out sleeping bags and tents and gloves and hats and all kinds of great things. And so So maybe you're looking for a place to get involved at Victory Hill. Um, That Saturday outreach may be an awesome opportunity. We're needing more volunteers. Um, And maybe you sit here and go, man, I could do that one Saturday a month. We would love to have you be a part. And this Saturday may be an awesome time just to go down there and go, hey, I'm just going to come check it out. And they'll they'll have a place for you to serve, to get you involved. You don't have to feel comfortable necessarily talking to people. You really can just be hands and help out. um, And it will make all the difference in somebody's life. And so we have all kinds of great things going on. But thank you for your love and your generosity in the way that you pour that out inside of our community. Hey, we are in this series and we are just jumping in and looking at the Christmas story and, and looking at some of the gifts that we receive during the Christmas season that we see given to us through the birth of our Savior. And so if you were here last week, we looked at the very first gift and we, the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field at night and said, I've got good news that's going to bring great joy, not just to a few people on earth, but it's going to bring great joy to all all people in the world. And so last week we said this, if you weren't here, just to give you a refresher, we said joy is not just an experience of Christmas. Joy is a mark of a Christ follower, that if we have Christ, we should have joy. And not only should we have joy, it should be a contagious joy that that we kind of share with other people and we, we bring this hope with us wherever we go. We also said that joy is a choice, that it's a choice that you make. It's not based on your circumstances. So you can make the choice to have joy and that if you're gonna make the choice to have joy, then you also also need to make the choice to not allow some things to steal your joy inside of your life. And so if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back, watch that message, and uh, take that in, because at Christmas, we receive the gift of joy from Christ. And today I want to explore a second gift of Christmas, and it is the gift of peace. The gift of peace. Now, when we see this word peace, I mean, I think the question that we all want to ask ourselves is that in 2020, 2020, is peace even possible? 
I mean, let's just think about this year that we've had. Think about all the circumstances. Like, I guarantee you last year when Christmas was around, you didn't see any of this coming. And it seems like our whole world has kind of been in upheaval. There's so much things that are going on. There's so many difficult situations that are going on. The question we have to ask ourselves a little bit is, is peace even possible? And for some of you, this has been the most unpeaceful, unrestful year of your life. For some of you, you've experienced loss. You've experienced hardship. For some of you, you're, you, you, there's, there's questions and uncertainty around the COVID situation. There's questions and uncertainty around political type things that are going on. And the last thing that you really think about is that peace, that, that is, is peace even possible inside of our lives? But when the angels came to announce the birth of Christ, when they showed up to those shepherds in that field at night, just as they did last week, not only did they say that this baby, that this child would, would leave heaven to come to earth and bring us joy, but they also told us this in Luke chapter two, verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. On earth, peace. Can you say peace on earth this morning? Say it one more time. If you're watching online, if you're joining us online, you can type that in the chat, peace on earth. That at Christmas, Jesus came to bring us peace on earth. See, what I find interesting is that when Jesus walked the earth and he did ministry, when he went about uh, doing the ministry that God had called him to do, as he would talk to people, as he would interact with individuals, that Jesus, when he would greet people, whether they were coming or going, he would often say, peace be with you. Or after something would happen, even sometimes traumatic experiences, he would say to individuals, now go in peace. We see this with the woman who had the issue of blood after Jesus heals her. He says, now go in peace. We see this with the woman who's caught in adultery. He looks at her and says, now go in peace. We see this with the woman who pours out the alabaster box at the feet of Jesus. He looks at her and says, now go in peace. In the New Testament, as the Apostle Paul writes letters to the church and to people, when he would write his letters, he would say this to individuals. He would say, now grace and peace be with you. Grace and peace. Now think about it for a moment. Paul had all types of options he could have filled in the blanks with. He could have said, now grace and popularity, because a lot of people want popularity in this world. May grace and popularity be with you. He could have looked at him and said, and he could have wrote to him and say, now my grace and power be present inside of your life. He could have even said, may grace and riches be present in your life. But when Paul would write to individuals, he would say, may grace and peace be with you. And I would submit to you today, what people really want in life is peace. What people really need inside of their life is peace. But what they need is a real peace, a peace that this world would never be able to understand, a peace that only comes from heaven, a divine peace that only God can give. You see, the truth is this, is you can have money in your bank accounts, but actually have no peace in your heart. You can have the illusion of success on the outside and yet be incredibly empty on the inside. You can be married and have kids and yet have no peace inside of your home. What people want, and I'll even say this, people want it, but they sometimes don't even know they need it, is a peace that only comes from God. And what so many of us have inside of our life is the very opposite of peace. 
Instead of having peace, we've got tension. We've got anxiety. We've got fears that we're dealing with, but we don't necessarily have this peace that God came to offer. We want peace in our relationships with family and friends. We want harmony. We want understanding. But too often we have the opposite of all of those things, that inside of our relationships we don't have peace. We have misunderstandings. We have disagreements. We have hurt feelings. We have bitterness. We have unforgiveness inside of our lives. But what people really want and really need in life is peace. And there's only one place that this peace is going to come from. You see, 700 years, this is amazing, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah told the forecoming of this child that would leave heaven to invade earth. This child that would leave heaven and invade earth who would grow to become a man and die on the cross for your sins and my sins. And what he told us is this, is that there was going to be one who's gonna leave heaven to come to earth in the form of a child and he is the one that is going to bring peace on earth. Here's how Isaiah says it in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Isaiah prophesied that there was gonna be a peace that's gonna come from heaven that only God could give. And this peace that God had available to us, the world would never be able to understand it. But that born on that day in that Christmas story, you and I are given the opportunity to open up and to experience the gift of peace. You see, when he said it, he said there's gonna be a prince of peace. This word prince of peace is actually two words in the Hebrew. It's the, it's the formation of two words. The first word being that of prince, which prince was the, the Hebrew translation is that of sar, sar. You see, actually, I don't think prince is necessarily the best word for this translation. Because when you and I think about prince, we think about fairy tales. We think about the, the prince and the princess and living happily ever after. But this word sar means this, the one in charge, the Lord, the chief, the general, that there is a sar, there is the one that is coming that's gonna be in charge, he's gonna be the Lord, he's gonna be the chief, and he's gonna be the general. The second word is the word peace, and that word is translated shalom. And when the word shalom is translated, here's what it means, it means rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness. Rest, tranquility, wholeness, and completeness. And he says this, he says, there is going to become a sar shalom. There's a sar shalom that's going to walk into this world. And he says the sar shalom is going to bring peace, that there's going to be a completeness or a wholeness that this child is going to bring into this world. The honest truth is, is this world was broken. This world had pieces missing from it. And that a child had to be sent into the world to complete the puzzle so that there was wholeness to the picture once again, so that there was a fullness to the picture once again. And so he says, there is a prince of peace. There is a sar shalom that is coming. And so he says, he is going to be the Lord of peace. He is the general of peace. He is the one who is in charge of peace. He is a Lord of peace. You see, you need to understand that Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus. 
Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus. That if you have him, you will automatically have peace. If you have Jesus in your life, you will have peace. Here's how he said it in John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, I'm not giving you a peace. I'm not giving you something that looks like peace. I'm gonna give you my peace because I am the Sar Shalom. I am the chief of, pre, uh, of peace. I am the Lord of peace. He would go on in Ephesians 2, verse 13 through 14 and say, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For Christ himself is our peace. He is our peace. Can I tell you this this morning? It is impossible for you to have peace disconnected from Jesus. It is gonna be utterly impossible inside of your life to experience this peace that came from heaven into earth apart from Jesus, that you cannot have peace if you're disconnected from him. You also need to understand this, that peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God, that this is where peace originates from. So often in our life, we think, well, I'll just have peace if this person or this thing was removed from my life. I mean, if you're a parent, I mean, sometimes this is true with your kids for a little bit. You're like, man, if they would just leave the room, this room would be peaceful, right? And so then we start associating the fact that if there was silence or if something was removed, then I would have peace inside of my life. If my financial problems were removed from my life, then maybe I would have peace. If, if my husband or my wife who's causing some issues was removed from my life, then I'll have peace. But you need to understand peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found when you get into the presence of God inside of your life, when you kind of step up to that relationship with him and you find yourself in the presence of God. That's where peace is going to be found inside of your life because it's not found in the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of God. So how do we experience the gift of Christmas peace? How do we experience this, this, the gift that Jesus came to give us at Christmas time? I want to give you three things this morning. And here's the thing. If you will apply these the byproduct of doing these things, the automatic byproduct is peace. It is peace. And so the first is this, you can't just know him or talk about him. You have to get under the lordship of Jesus. You have to get under the lordship of Jesus. Let me be very straight with you today. Let me talk very directly to you. I don't think a lot of Christians fully understand this principle. I don't think a lot of believers in Christ understand what it looks like to get under the lordship of Jesus. Because I think we think we can just call him Lord without being under his lordship. And there are a lot of believers, a lot of followers of Jesus Christ, people who call themselves Christians that like the ideal of calling him Lord, but don't have him as Lord. Look at it in Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus actually said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Not everyone who calls him Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will, who follow the practices, who follow the principles of a heavenly father. You see, here's the best picture of lordship. Lordship means you are under the covering or the canopy. 
You are under the covering or the canopy. We like to call him Lord, but we don't like to actually place ourselves under the covering or the canopy of the Lord. Let me give you the best way to kind of illustrate that is through this. Let me do it through this umbrella. You see, if I have this umbrella and this is an umbrella that I possess, just because I call it umbrella, umbrella inside of my life, doesn't mean that I'm going to reap the benefits of this umbrella, does it? And so I can say umbrella, umbrella, you are awesome. Umbrella, umbrella, you do such great things. You are so, you're always there for me. You're, you're gonna co- protect me from the elements and the wind and the weather that's going on. Umbrella, umbrella. But if I walk out of my house and it's raining outside and I forget to take my umbrella, guess what? I'm not gonna reap the benefits of the umbrella, right? Simple enough, right? I won't reap the blessings that come from this umbrella. The only way that I'm going to reap the blessings or the benefits of this umbrella is if I find myself under the covering of the umbrella. And now that I put myself under the covering of the umbrella, the rain's not gonna get to me, the snow's not gonna fall on me. If it's hot out, the sun is not gonna get to me. Why? Because I am under the canopy of the umbrella and because I'm under the covering of the umbrella, I reap what? The blessings that come from that. So what do you have to do to get that type of covering? The Bible says that if we want to be under the covering, if we wanna be under the lordship of Jesus, that we have to make him lord of all, of all. See, the problem for most of us is most of us want a savior, but we don't want the Lord. We want a God who'll come in and forgive us of our sins, but we don't actually wanna place our lives under his covering, under his blessings, under his lordship. We don't actually want to follow after his principles. We like the package that he comes in. We like the things that he's come to bring, but we don't want him telling us what to do. And so we have a lot of believers, a lot of Christians in the body of Christ who call him Lord, but choose to live under their own power, their own direction, outside of the Lordship of Jesus. And then here's the big problem, is we go about doing all of those things, and yet we still expect to get the blessings of being under his Lordship because we've actually just called him Lord. Well, that's just not how it works. That's just foolishness. I worked with students for a long time. And maybe if you have older children, maybe you've experienced this in your own life, but you know what I've seen at different times? At some point, your kids get to a certain age, they turn 18 per se, and all of a sudden, you know what sometimes they say to their parents? They're like, man, I like to sleep in my bed. I like to live in your house. I like to eat your food. I wanna be on your cell phone bill. I like it when you pay for my insurance. I like it when I reap all the blessings of being in your house. And then they look at you and say, but I don't wanna live by your what? Your rules. Anybody ever been there before with your kids? I see some parents shaking their heads. You're like, you know what I'm talking about. And it drives you crazy, doesn't it? You're like, you want everything that comes with being my child, but you don't want to fall under the covering. You don't want to actually obey the commands of this house. And can I tell you something? That's what we often do with God. As much as that drives us crazy in the natural, this is the same thing we're doing in the body of Christ is we want his benefits, we want his blessings, we want his covering, we wanna be on his cell phone bill, we want his insurance, we wanna eat at his table, we want all the things that comes with calling him Lord, except we don't actually wanna put ourselves under his covering and his lordship inside of our life. And apart from this, guess what? You're not gonna have peace. 
And you're like, well, I don't know why my life is all just going downhill. I, I don't know. I call him Lord, but you've never put yourself under the canopy or the covering of his lordship. You see, we live separate. And if we live separate from it, you can't expect the, you can't expect the blessings of God if you remove yourselves from the covering of God. Acts 10 verse 36 says it this way. You know the message God sent to us, the people of Israel announcing the good news. What was the good news they were announcing? The good news of peace through Jesus Christ. And we like that part of it, don't we? Oh, we get peace through Jesus Christ, but we would prefer there to be a period instead of a comma. Period. We get peace through Jesus Christ. Nah, he says, you get peace through Jesus Christ, comma, who is Lord of all. Lord of all. So Aaron, you're saying that I can't do whatever I want to do in this world and still have peace. Exactly. You can't yell at your wife, yell at your kids, treat them poorly, and then think that you're gonna sit down and read your Bible and that's gonna bring peace inside of your life because you aren't under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You can't go around cussing and yelling and screaming, taking the Lord's name in vain, acting like the world and doing those types of things and then expect to walk into the church and experience peace inside of your life because you aren't under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You can't have hate for others inside of your heart and disdain for other people and then think that you're gonna experience the peace of God inside of your life. You can't go around all weekend long sleeping around with whoever you want to sleep with and then actually still have peace on Sunday morning when you walk into the body of Christ. You see, the truth is, is that too many believers, too many followers of Jesus Christ, we want the package that he brings without having the relationship in the right place. Merry Christmas to all of you. But this is the truth, church, is we gotta get to a place if we want peace inside of our lives where we're under the lordship of Jesus. We're under his covering, we're under his canopy, and when we're under this place, he keeps us from the other things and then he begins to bless us inside of our lives. If you want his peace, if you want peace inside of your life, if you want the peace he came to bring at Christmas, then you need to stay under his covering. You need to come up under his righteousness is what the Bible says. The Bible says you can't do anything on your own to be righteous. And so I have to come up under the righteousness of God. Here's how Isaiah said it in, 30, in uh, Isaiah 32, 17 through 18. The fruit of that righteousness, what is righteousness? Right living. The fruit of putting your life under the blessings of God, the right living will be peace. That's a, that's a byproduct. You want peace? You get up under the lordship of Jesus. Its effect will be quietness. Look at this. Look at the benefit. Quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. What an incredible picture of peace that is. Peaceful places, quietness, confidence forever. But when does that come inside of our life? When we get up under the lordship of Jesus when we don't just know about the Sar Shalom, but we get up under the Lord of peace. And so if we want peace inside of our life, get under the Lordship of Jesus. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this, bring Jesus into every situation. Bring him into every situation. Not some of them, but every situation you're going through, invite Jesus into the middle of it. 
If you don't have peace in your family, you know what you need to do today? You need to invite Jesus into your family, into the situations that you're going through. If you don't have any peace inside of your marriage, you know what you should do? You need to invite Jesus into your marriage. You want a little marriage tip? Here's Marriage Counseling 101. You want your marriage to be better? You want your marriage to be stronger? You know what you need to do? You as the husband need to start pursuing God more in your life. You as the wife need to start pursuing God more inside of your life. And the more you pursue God, eventually your lives are gonna be on a crash course to meet God up here in the middle and then your relationship's gonna get stronger. That's free advice for you. You don't even have to pay me for counseling today, okay? Free, absolutely free. You want a stronger marriage? You pursue God, she pursues God. Eventually you're gonna collide somewhere in the middle and your marriage is gonna be greater than it's ever been inside of your life because why? You've invited Jesus into your marriage. You don't have any peace in your finances? You know what you need to do? You need to invite Jesus into your finances. You need to recognize the fact that you've tried to do it on your own for far too long. And every time you sit down to pay those bills, there's not enough inside of your budget to actually pay your bills. And maybe you just need to say, God, I've done this on my own. God, I've tried this on my own way. I've done this my own way. So God, I want some peace in this because this is wrecking my life. I'm worried, I'm concerned. I don't even know how we're gonna make the bills meet. And you're just gonna say, God, would you walk into my finances? And you're gonna make him Lord of all inside of your finances. Don't have any peace in your job? Guess what? You need to bring Jesus into your job. Bring him into your job. And what we have to stop doing is compartmentalizing God. We have to bring him into every situation of your life. Every situation. You know, one of my goals as your pastor is this, is I I pray that we raise up a church, we raise up a generation of people, of believers that actually live out what they hear and hear on Sunday, that they actually live it out on Monday. Because they've brought Jesus into every situation. They brought Jesus into every situation. That's why when we end a lot of services, you know what we say to you? Now take what you've heard in here and go live it out there. And that seems simple enough, doesn't it? It seems like, oh, Aaron, that should be really simple to do. It's the most difficult thing to do because most of us are not taking Jesus with us into every situation. That too many of us see our lives as a spiritual life and my daily normal life. But guess what? There is not two different things. There's not your spiritual life and your normal life. There is just life and you need to bring Jesus into every situation. And when you do, you know what's gonna happen inside your life. You are going to experience peace. Because a relationship with Jesus Christ is not something you just do on Sunday morning. It's something you live out every single day of your life. And unfortunately, too many people in the body of Christ I feel like it's like we come and see Jesus on Sunday only and then we leave him in the seat next to us and say, I'll see you next week, Jesus. And then we wonder why we have no peace. We wonder why by the time we get to church on Sunday, our life's a mess and a wreck. We wonder why when we come in, we're like, man, man, I just can't feel his presence in worship anymore. It's because you haven't spent any time with him during the week. We wonder why these things are happening inside of our life because we've compartmentalized Jesus and we need to start bringing him into every situation. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace some of the time, all the times, every situation, and in every way, the Lord will be with all of you, not just some of us, It's possible to bring Jesus into every situation and at all times he'll give us peace and he will be with all of us. Take him with you. You want peace inside of your life? Take him with you everywhere you go. Invite him into every situation. And guess what you're gonna begin to experience? You're gonna begin to experience some peace. So we need to get under the lordship of Jesus. We need to take Jesus into every situation. And the third and final thing is this, is you need to keep your mind 
on Jesus. Keep your mind on Jesus. Isaiah 26 verse three says this. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You, Jesus, will keep in perfect peace. Let's just be honest. For a lot of us, we don't describe our lives as being that of perfect peace. For most of us, our lives are filled with imperfect peace. For some of you today, you're like, Aaron, this all sounds good, but the honest truth is, is I don't know a perfect peace in my, I know discord, I know dysfunction, I know being full of anxiety and depression and overwhelmed inside of life, but I don't know a perfect peace. But he says, perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You need to understand this. The battle for peace begins in your mind. It begins right here. It's, there's a war that's taking place in your mind that's gonna battle you for the peace of God inside of your life. I mean, maybe you've never been here, but I know I've been. Places in my life where I can know all the truths of God, but then my mind starts to wander into all sorts of untruths. Has anybody ever been there? Like, you know the promises, you know the truth of God, and then all of a sudden your mind just begins to wander. Better yet, have you ever been to a place where you can believe the promises of God and the truths of God for somebody else's life, but when it comes to your life, it just never seems to actually work out and you doubt them when it comes to your life in, in a specific situation. The reason why is there's a war going on in your mind between what God says and what your mind tends to wrongly believe. There's a battle going on. That's why Isaiah, look at it again. Isaiah says, he will keep you, like we're gonna need somebody to keep us in this place because there's a battle going on. He will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You see this word perfect peace actually in the Hebrew is gonna translate this way. It actually translates shalom, shalom. That perfect peace, it's not just a reminder of one time that there is a shalom, shalom, that there is a wholeness twice. It's double that inside of your life that is available to us. Now, look at what Isaiah doesn't say. He doesn't say, you will have perfect peace, all whose minds are fixed on CNN or all whose minds are fixed on Fox News. No, that's not what he says. He doesn't say you'll have perfect peace, all whose minds are fixed on the future and what's gonna happen down the road. He doesn't say you'll have a perfect peace, all whose minds are fixed on your financial problems or having more money inside this world. He doesn't say you'll have a perfect peace, all whose minds are fixed on the bad report that you just received from the doctor's office. But he says perfect peace is found in those whose minds are fixed and focused on the truth of God inside of their life. I love the Hebrew word that is translated for the word fix. The Hebrew word is this, it's samak. And it means to lean on completely, to fully rest oneself. And so here's the picture. Here's the illustration that he says there, that samak, that perfect peace is those whose minds are fixed on Jesus. That's your mind, your, everything inside of you is leaned on to the strength of Jesus. That you're like, you're resting this head not in your own strength, but you're resting it on something that is so much greater and bigger than you. I'm resting it on Jesus. And when I rest my mind on the creator of heaven and earth, when I rest it on Jesus and his truths inside of my life, then I have perfect peace. 
peace. When I'm resting my mind on the thoughts of God inside of my life and his unfailing promises, then I have perfect peace. I have samak. It's fixed. It's resting on the promises of God inside of my life. So let me ask you this. What's your mind fixed on? What is your mind resting on? What consumes your mind? What is it that you think about when you're all alone? There's no other noise in the room. What is it that you think about when you lay your head down to sleep at night? What is your mind fixed on? Where does your mind drift when there's just those moments? Where is it drifting to? What do you focus on? What's what's your mind fixed on? Is it the financial worries? Is it the financial stress that's going on inside of your home, inside of your life? Is that what your mind is fixed on? How am I going to fix that problem? Is your mind fixed on the political division that's happening inside of our world and, and your mind has gotten so fixed on that thing that it's caused you to lose peace inside of your life? Is your mind fixed on the fears of, of what's happening with COVID and, and the uncertainties that surround that? Is that what consumes your mind? Is your mind fixed on what's going on in our world or what could go wrong tomorrow? or what you don't really like about what's going on in our world, or the very things that you dread about this world? What is it that your mind is fixed on? Because Isaiah said, perfect peace only comes when our minds are fixed or leaning on Jesus. Paul would say it this way in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And when we fix our mind on these things, look at the byproduct, then the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. When's the God of peace with you? When is he available? When your mind is fixed on him. So what do we need to do? We need to start telling ourselves, my God is good. His promises are true. His word never fails. He's never gonna leave me, nor is he gonna forsake me inside of this life. We need to begin to reflect and understand who is God. That when I'm lost, he is my guide. When I'm weak, he is my strength. When I'm hurting, he is my comforter. You need to begin to ask yourself the question, who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship, should persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, we can modernize that for us today. Should relational tension, should loneliness, should anxiety, should loss, should depression, should fear, should any of those things separate me from the Lord God inside of my life? No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. For I'm convinced that nothing, absolutely nothing, death or life, heights or depths, nothing in all of creation can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So I fix my thoughts on those things, the things that come from above. Can you give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise today? Amen. And I 
fix my things on my thoughts on those things. And then guess what? When my mind is fixed on him, he says, I'm going to give you a perfect peace, a shalom, shalom inside of your life. And it's a peace that this world will never be able to understand. It's a peace this world will never be able to comprehend because it's a peace this world that you'll never find inside of this world because it's a peace you only get when you are connected to the prince of peace, the Sar Shalom. So here's what we understand. When you have him, you have peace. When you have him, you have peace. When, when you get up under the lordship of Jesus, he says, one of the blessings that I'm gonna be able to give you inside of your life is peace. And it's not the absence of problems. I find the peace in the presence of God because I'm under his lordship. And so everywhere I go, he goes with me. Everywhere where my heart feels unrest, I begin to fix my thoughts on him and I begin to experience peace because I brought him into every situation and my mind is fixed on him. And here's what we find. When I have God, when I have him, I have peace. We see three types of peace in the Bible. I'm gonna close with this. So it says, when I, when I have peace with God, this is spiritual peace. When I, have, when I have God, I have peace. When I'm right in my spirit with God, there's a peace that abounds inside of me. And when I get this right, guess what else we get? I get peace in me. I get this emotional peace that begins to fill my life, that, that begins to overwhelm my heart because I've got the peace of God inside me, but then I get an emotional peace that comes in me. And then when I get that, there's a third type of peace. And then I get peace with you. That's relational peace. And so when I'm right with God, he is peace. He is the Sar Shalom. He is the Lord of peace. I get peace. And because I have his peace and now I'm under his lordship and I've called him Lord of my life, I've put my life under it. Guess what? I begin to get an emotional peace inside of my life. And then I get relational peace with those that are around us. And that we understand that, when we experience that, then we've experienced the gift of Christmas peace. Just stand to your feet with me this morning. When I have him, I have peace. So the byproduct, if you need peace inside of your life, it starts getting up under the canopy and the covering, making him Lord, not of some things, but of Lord of all things. And he says, then you're under my covering and then I can, I can do some things inside of your life because you've placed yourself under me as your Lord and Savior. I invite him into every situation and every circumstance. I've make him Lord of all, my finances, my marriage, my family, my kids, my work, my going, my coming, I make him Lord of all. And then I begin to fix my mind on Jesus. I begin to believe his promises, his truth, I begin to lean on him. My mind leans on the promises of God inside of my life. And when you do that, guess what's gonna to begin to happen inside of your life? You're gonna to begin to have peace, a peace that he came to give us at Christmas. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you a couple questions this morning. The first is this, maybe you're here today or you're watching online. And honestly, Maybe you've been a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ and, and you've come to church for a long time and you've called him Lord. And you like the concept, you like the package of Jesus, but you, if you were being honest today, there's some areas in your life that you've not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. And 
until you submit to the Lordship of Jesus, there's gonna be some areas then that you're not gonna have peace. Well, Aaron, if if I'm not under the Lordship of Jesus, am I not gonna get to heaven? That's between you and God, I don't know. But I can tell you this, you're not gonna have peace. If you're here today and you would say to me, Aaron, there's some areas in my life where I've not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, but I I wanna do that today. I wanna make him not Lord of just some things. I wanna make him the Lord of all things. I believe God, as you do that, God's gonna give you some peace inside of your life. If you're here today and you say, Aaron, that's me, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but would you just raise your hand? Whether you're in person or online, see those hands, see those hands. Here's what I'm gonna do. I just wanna pray over you. And as I pray over you today, would you just begin to tell God, hey, just say, God, would you be Lord of all? Maybe those are those areas, you know it, like the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and you know the areas that you've not made him Lord of all. Would you just say, God, I'm giving in this area to you today? And as you do, I I just believe there's gonna be a breath of peace that's gonna blow into your life today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today, Father, that God, that you made and paved a way for us to have a relationship with you and that God, that we can have everlasting life with Christ Jesus. God, for many of us, maybe we've grown up in the church. We, we, we've been around this thing our entire life. And, and God, we love the concept of calling you Lord, but God, we've struggled to make you Lord of all and to put ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But God, today, God, in areas of our life where we, that's been a struggle, God, we give that to you today. God, we give you our family. We give you our finances. We give you our marriage. We give you our time. We give you our recreational activities. God, we want you to be Lord of all. And God, we, Lord, put ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus. And God, as we do today, God, I pray, Lord, that there would just be a breath of peace that begins to blow through this place and on people's hearts and in their lives. God, I pray that today we would invite you into every situation. That God, that we don't withhold anything from you because God, you are a good father. And God, you have good things in store for us. God, I pray that God, our minds, God, God would be fixed on you. That God, that we would be fixed on your promises, God, that we would see ourselves as you see us, Lord. And that God, that we would be fixed on you today. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.